Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Well, I'm having one of these bang body fuel, not energy drinks, body fuel. I'm feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get some sponsorships here also. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Blue Raz. I'm digging it. Yeah, can we get an like, ad ring? I don't know, bang company, energy, I don't know who owns you, but I've, I feel yeah. like we could get... I, w- I would be down for just an ad for them. ship me a couple boxes of these. Yeah. I need it. That and Starbucks. Starbucks for the wife. Yeah. Bang for me. <laughs> our lonely, our uh, sports podcast will now be sponsored by Starbucks. Get your hipster coffee. Hey, we're out. trying to get a, uh, a team back to Seattle for you. So That's we're, we're true. trying, we're putting That's in true. our work here. That's true. Good point. Uh, if you haven't yet, followed us on, follow us on our social media um, on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod, or on Instagram at Couch GM Podcast, um, and also give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast service uh, of your choice, and we would greatly appreciate that. Matt, what did people miss in episode seventy-eight? So you need to go back and listen as we talked a little bit about the Steve Nash hiring in Brooklyn. Uh, Katie's boy apparently getting getting the job there, and then. We talked about the end-of-year awards that were handed out, and then uh, the losers uh, from round one, and uh, what we, we thought was going to happen in round two, based off of what had happened up to that point. And um, now we have seen... Well, I was really hoping that this podcast on Sunday night tonight would be like a who we got going into the conference finals. And then the Clippers <laughs> done messed up the plans here. Um but we'll, we talked about what we thought was going into round two, um, and the teams that got bounced, you know, what went wrong and what they needed to uh, evaluate going into the offseason. Yeah, it was big yikes for me in round two. <laughs> That's the summary of that. You don't even need to go listen to it. Someone yeah. texted me this week, one of my friends, and he uh, was giving me crap for picking the Bucks in seven. And retroactively, yeah, it's a bad pick. But, yeah. you know, well, sometimes yeah. you just got to got to shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. James Harden didn't shoot a shot. James Harden didn't do much of anything in that series <laughs> after game one, but that yeah. we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, yeah. This week in NBA news, if you uh, missed it, Billy Donovan chooses not to extend contract with the Thunder. The Thunder mm-hmm. had offered him a contract extension before the bubble. He turned it down and then um, afterwards decided... The organization and Billy decided to go their own separate ways. It was a mutual breakup. It sounded like, however mutually a breakup can be like that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. I, I totally understand it from Billy Donovan's perspective. Like, you signed on to coach Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. There's no no sign, <laughs> signs either of one. either one of them yep. at the in the organization. So, I he would be a great college coach or another great NBA coach. Um, I think he's shown he's a competent coach at either level yeah can coach at high levels so uh, rumored rumored to the chicago job i don't know if it's going to happen or not because who has any idea what chicago is ever doing (laughs) but uh, there's a little rumor out there i would kind of like to see him go back to college to be honest yeah that's where i I thought he was best but i think that i don't i don't know i guess like if you're coaching in the nba i feel like you have it pretty cush compared to college in some ways i mean you don't have to recruit right yeah that's someone else's job yeah gm I mean, like, you're a part of the recruiting process, I guess. But. Yeah. It's more like your star player's job and the GM's job. Yeah. Not yours. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, sad to see him go. It's the, kind of like I said, it's the last of 
the KD Russ era in Oklahoma City. Really, the last piece outside of Stephen Adams, but um, it's going to be weird. Moving on to who knows who at this point. Yeah. I, I would assume we're going to have to do a, one of these coming up podcasts some coaching candidates that we'd like to see in OKC. Yeah, so, proving what direction they're going to try and go in. Yeah, I because I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't know. Hopefully not Brett Brown. That's <laughs> I'm just crossing my fingers on that one. Uh, another coach uh, opening just happened today. Mike D'Antoni uh, d- chooses also not to extend with the Houston Rockets after losing to the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round of the Western Conference uh, Western Conference playoffs. Um, kind of surprising. I mean, the in theory, the roster built for Mike D'Antoni and the system he wanted to play in, and whether it was just the actuality of it didn't work out if he was just kind of done with Houston or if he's got some knowledge of like what's to come with how that franchise is going to be going. I don't know, but he, yeah, he's just like, I'm out and he's old. Like we got, like he doesn't feel it, but he's a older he's a, coach. He's, he's like almost 70. Yeah. He's closer to his seventies. So I, maybe he's done with coaching or maybe he's like, I just want a fresh start somewhere else. It makes sense. I, it, much like the Billy Donovan thing, it feels like a one change in an organization that is going to have to change in this offseason, uh, whether they like it or not. It, I think there's question marks about Daryl Morey and his job yeah. security, and yeah. maybe that's some of it. I mean, Mike D'Antoni didn't feel comfortable with maybe some of that ownership decision and what was going to happen with that GM role there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was surprising. I mean, they literally lost, like, two days ago and he already like it sounded like he had his mind made up before um coming into the bubble which is fine i guess but um the rockets now looking for a new head coach um all defense defensive teams were announced this week marcus smart yeah first team (laughs) Giannis antetokounmpo i i think headlining yeah first team all defense uh i think patrick Beverly made it somewhere second team second team uh, I don't remember who all the first team was, but was it like AD, yeah. Giannis, Smart? I don't, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I don't uh, remember either. Um, but they're there. I don't think I, I don't put much merit in all defensive teams because I think Pat, Pat Beverly is Ben Simmons was on it. Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think some of that's overhyped, but you know, whatever. there's there's truly like I know we recognize like ten guys. There's probably like a legit like seven. That's like, oh yeah, you're like actually a, a great defender, and everyone else is like, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, you're good. But like, I don't know if I really like imposed by like Eric Bledsoe made like second team. It's like, are you kidding me? Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, I think the biggest outcry was that Drew Holiday didn't make it. I saw some. Yeah. I also think Dam- Damian Lillard like quote tweeted JJ Redick, who was making a comment about that. And it was like, yeah, that's this is absurd. And I think it was some recruiting on Dame's part. Hey, <laughs> reading the tea leaves there. Because <laughs> Dame usually doesn't, uh, you know, do that sort of thing. But anyways, we'll talk about one of our topics now. Um, the What the Losers Learn. This backed by somewhat popular demand. Uh, because we have more losers who are yeah. exiting the bubble. Who pack their bags. Shout out to the losers. Um... So let's just start with the Rockets, since we're already talking about uh, Mike leaving that franchise. Um, 
honestly shout out him for not having to work for Tillman Fertitta anymore also <laughs> um I'm sure that was that was that's a, nice a that's a positive right yeah so the head coaching thing we'll, we'll just start there so are they going to try and bring in someone to keep this style going or are you trying to bring in someone who can somehow get through to Harden and maybe also Westbrook if he's still there about playing a different way what do you what, what if you're Daryl Morey what are you doing here what kind of style are you trying to bring in? So the last time the Rockets went through a head coaching change, they went on, moved on from Kevin McHale yeah. to Mike D'Antoni, which was big a shift. big shift. I'd imagine they would probably try to keep a similar system in place because this roster's pretty locked into place. It's pretty specific. Yeah. Um, and I think this begs the question of, like, are, is this small ball lineup, like, done? Are you done with this small ball lineup? Are you yeah. bringing in centers? Are you trying to get big men back in? How are you going to maneuver this roster? Um, if I were the GM, I would probably bring in someone like Alvin Gentry. A, a very similar system. Very similar system. Maybe can convince Harden to play a little bit more defense. Um, <laughs> Who knows? I I don't. He like he wasn't bad defensively this year. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he was good, but like he wasn't. He played passing lanes. Yeah, and got like a couple steals. Like I think he was the league leader in steals, which yeah. like whatever. Sometimes that doesn't mean as much. That means you're probably off ball and just playing passing. Like lanes. yeah, kind of that rover, like just yeah. kind of trying to get some easy buckets. I don't know. I I mean I don't know what the Rockets do from here. It do, it feels like the championship window has closed. And I don't know what they can do to revitalize this team. And I, I mean, it's pretty locked into yeah. place. You went all in on this year with trading away Capella, and now what? And that's the thing. Like, you, I mean, you pretty much maxed out what you're getting from like the Ben McLemores and Jeff Greens of the world. Like, Austin Rivers was pretty good this year. Daniel House was a revelation for this team. It, how much of that can you count on in a next year? Yeah. And if it's not those guys, then who? And, I mean, you found those guys, a lot of them off the scrap heap, but it's not like those guys are always just out there available to just have. And so that's... I worry about the ceiling of that team. Not that Daniel House ultimately controls the ceiling of the Rockets, you know, but it if you even bring in someone who's stylistically the same is even going to go as well as it did this year playing yeah. that style. And that's, that would be a worry of mine. And I'm not saying, you know, bringing someone who's going to do like twin towers, like right, don't do right, that. Right, like right. we can't like go on a complete 180 again, but I'm, I mean, I think it needs to be like a 25 degree pivot. Like just a, just a small change. I yep. would like, not just cause the nets like brought in a former player, but I would like someone like a Sam Cassell, to, to kind of come yep. in like he's been and rumored. I'm and I'm saying Cassell because he's been an assistant coach for a while now um he's been with Doc so like the coaching um he's probably learned a ton not to mention he was just like a good heady point guard um when he was a player so he's just one of those guys when he played you would think would be a good coach and then he's got experience too so it's not just a out, off the street coach like Steve Nash and not to disparage Steve Nash by any means but um, that conversation is going to come up with Sam Cassell, for example. Yep. And I'm sure there are other guys around the league. Um, he's just like the first one that comes to mind. And I would like to see some sort of semi-versatile 
big man with his team. Of course, every team wants, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you the know. The guy who can defend yeah, the perimeter, he can defend underneath. What can, we're describing is Giannis. Giannis, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe Kristaps. Um, <laughs> something along those lines. So, um, not that that's attainable for this team because their cap is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, without trading someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I would like someone like that. If you know you're bringing all these vets and guards on these like minimum deals, Lakers do it too. If you can find someone, a not exactly you know, uh, Marquis Morris, but someone like that for cheapish that can kind of do some different things. Essentially, an upgraded Jeff Green. Yeah, like that's what you're looking yeah. for on this team. Like a semi-biggish man, someone you can run pick and roll with. Yeah, someone where it's not just totally ISO, because I think what's been lost with the Rockets, like just watching them, and I really don't have an issue with like their style, like the five out, fairly ISO heavy team. I just you've got to mix it up, and I think that got exposed playing the Lakers. Is the Lakers were just like when you do the same thing literally eighty times a game, and you do it for back to back to back to back to back games, like series. they're gonna figure it out, yeah. like. Yeah, in a series, when you're playing the same team over and over and over, like if you're actually trying to win championships, it means you got to go through great teams, and great teams aren't going to let you run literally just ISO for a hundred times a game right. and let you get away with it for more than a few times. You can beat OKC doing it. You can beat the Utah Jazz. Cool. It, I mean, teams that are not championship can, contenders, but like at the end of the day, the great teams that have great players are going to figure you out. Yep. and ultimately like they're just gonna wear you down and you got to defend them too it just it's proven it just doesn't work doing just iso and they truly do just iso basketball they don't even run pick and roll which still fits in with their idea of layups and threes you can do that off of a pick and roll okay it's called a lob and then dribble into a three like i mean it really shouldn't be that hard right but they make it that hard they make it harder on themselves watching it yeah, I wonder if like a Robert Covington can get you more value this off season yeah. because of how well he played. Yeah, um, and is in this role for this team. Um, maybe flip him for something else. Um, Eric but, Gordon. Yeah. Because uh, he, I don't want to say he was like good in their Lakers series and the series before, but like you saw like the signs of life from him. At, at moments again so it's like could you convince someone who thinks they're close to take a chance on him yeah. you know they really shouldn't <laughs> get get another like can you scoring scan, option yeah, off the bench like yeah. could the mavericks use that maybe i don't know could you scam like the knicks or the bulls or something yeah. or or julius randall would actually fit pretty well on this team he's not exactly pick and roll like i'm imagining but something in yeah. that range like maybe bobby portis um yeah. just something like that bobby portis and stuff is that worth eric gordon normally maybe not but for this team it could be what they need i it just depends on i'd say you got to bring in a coach and like get that finalized before you can get do anything vision. and yeah. because they the nba is backed up all those deadlines and stuff it will happen for the rockets to bring in a coach before you do all that but I would say you've got to figure that out and figure out do you need a five or even a a four slash five type of guy before you go 
really explore who's out there and like what's possible in a trade market. Yep, absolutely. I, and I even know Sam Cassell is that coach. Like I don't, I have no idea what Sam Cassell's style is like on his own. But I like to think like he's been in the league for like he was in the league for like 19 years or something, and he's been an assistant coach for the last several. He like he knows different styles and different ways of coaching, and if he wants to go a big. <laughs> not big a big like the rockets would be like okay let's yeah. do it it's all getting through to harden at the end of the day like no matter what that's why i almost feel like a player's better because like it's yeah. like dude i know More where you're coming from here yeah yeah not just some old white guy who you know who didn't play very much who played it you know italy or whatever yeah. dan tony played yeah i think uh i don't know tyloo would be interesting in that role too kind of along the same lines the same cassell yeah um but i, I I don't know. I, I think the small ball experiment experiment is probably dead. Like, I think they're going to have to make some roster moves. Um, specifically, Westbrook, right? Like, he did not play well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was rough. And I heard then, like, after this series, it was like, don't forget, Russell Westbrook had coronavirus. And, like, that's not like uh, we should take coronavirus lightly. Like, But, like, is that really a great excuse? It's right a, here coronavirus is was stopping a, him from like shooting horrible threes like you like, recovered dude like it doesn't like it's not like an infection of the brain okay like <laughs> that's not what it is um so like i don't want to like undermine coronavirus because it's very very serious but that that can't be the excuse for him yeah in this like that's ridiculous it's not like he lost 25 pounds and something he, he, he did he played like his style yeah he still did what he does it just didn't work it didn't yeah. look good yep and so that's where i'm kind of to the point of like he in theory he's the right guy because he can create for himself off the dribble he can get himself into the lane which is something no one else besides james harden on that team can do consistently austin rivers a little but realistically it's just the two of them and so you need someone like that that's why chris paul didn't work there at the end of the day he couldn't get himself into the lane couldn't do it for OKC this year either. But Westbrook is just so erratic, and he can't hit a jump shot. It's now to the point of, it's the right idea. It's just not the right person. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I know he, Westbrook's contract is viewed as almost untradeable. But Got traded this past offseason. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just don't know like where, who you move him to. Who's willing to take him on? Maybe the Knicks. I mean, maybe that's another team who's just so desperate for a superstar. We keep be- hearing Chris Ball to the Bucks. Why? Why can't we hear Russell Westbrook to the Bucks? Because you don't trade Eric Bledsoe. Who can't <laughs> shoot for Russell Russell Westbrook, who also can't shoot. If they gave you Divincenzo with Bledsoe, I mean Divincenzo, we know can shoot, but again, there's. The whole thing with either Chris Paul or the um, Russell Westbrook trade is there's got to be another team involved because Milwaukee, I don't know if they have the salaries to make this work. But, you know, it's like there's just so few spots for Westbrook in this league, it feels like, anymore. Like, again, he can be a 20-point-per-game guy on just about any team in the league during the regular season. It's just the playoffs now that it it doesn't feel like his style works in the playoffs. It's almost – his style is almost what the Lakers played – but they're like, we don't need someone who goes to that extreme doing it. We just need a competent mid-level guy who can do it. Yeah. You don't need to pay someone $40 million <laughs> to, to, do- to run all over the court and 
jump passing lanes and try and dunk the ball every time he has it. Yeah. You know, you don't, you just don't need it. You can have Alex Caruso for $4 million. And is it, is it really that different? I mean, he, <laughs> I don't know. Is it $39 million different? No, probably no, not. No, it's not. No. It's definitely not. Yeah. I mean, this, the Westbrook Harden thing, as much small, small ball thing didn't work. I don't think this worked either. Like, I, I we're all pretty skeptical of it going into the season. Everyone in this room was pretty <laughs> skeptical of it. But, like, I don't know. I I just don't know what you do now um, for the Rockets. Like, it, you look at the roster and you look at their salary cap situation, it's just, it's a nightmare. Like, this is, like, what GMs get fired over. Thankfully, the Oklahoma City Thunder have all of their picks going forward. So And, like, two other franchises' picks going so forward. So, when they start sucking, <laughs> it, it's not even like they can get, like, help in the, through the draft. Like, cheap help through the draft. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, you don't trade James Harden. At least I don't think you do unless you're, Maury gets fired and... Sam Hankey gets the job or something and <laughs> you decide to blow it up for whatever reason. Yeah. Here's an interesting one that just popped in my mind. I don't think it happened, but Westbrook to the Magic for Vucevic and Terrence Ross. That would be interesting. That money just about works in my head if I'm removing the salaries, right? I don't have my computer in front of me because I'm a... I was going to call myself a bad word on air, but... <laughs> but And I forgot it. I'm coming over here. So... Um, but in theory, like that one, that, that slightly changes the style of getting you an offensive minded big. Yeah. And then Terrence Ross, who's a shooter, a shooter. Yeah. So it's like, it's not the complete 180 change, but it's the, it's the slight 25%. change. Yeah. Yeah. And then Orlando, here's another star that's going to leave in two years, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, play him with Isaac, work. Isaac and Gordon and just put, put Isaac at the five whenever he finally gets to play basketball again and Aaron Gordon and then. Phil, Mark Helen, whoever. I mean, that would get people in the seats. There, there you go. There it is. There's the bottom line for the Orlando Magic. You can make some money off of it uh, more than you can Terrence Ross and Jersey Vucevic. sales, all yep. that stuff. Yep. That's a great point. You're making a great point there, Matt. Um, that'd be fascinating to see, but we have to wait wait that one out for a Russell little bit. Russell playing for the Magic. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, that's it's gonna not going to happen because that's Russell like Westbrook. shades of 2016 Thunder, like 2016 yeah. 17 Thunder, it is. where he won, yeah. won the MVP. Um, moving on to other team, the Raptors. Yeah, got bounced in seven by your Celtics. It's amazing to think they could have been bounced in four, and instead they somehow got it to seven. I that's if the, it wasn't for the OG shot, that's a four game series to me. Yeah, for sure. I think it speaks a lot to the Raptors. It does less less so than the Celtics because like the Raptors and Kyle Lowry fought till the end, and they were really under. I wouldn't say undermanned, but under under. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. under starred. Uh, they, they didn't out, have. Yeah. They didn't have the right personnel. They were outgunned. Outgunned. And That's the best way to put it. Um, Pascal Siakam didn't really play now. Uh, play well in that series, but I mean, it's his like what third playoff run yeah. with them, where and first as the focal point of this the franchise. Guy. So expected, I guess. Um, but I, I think the biggest question for them is like, what now? They have to look in the mirror 
and decide, are we going to try to run this back again, or are we going to tear it to the studs? Yeah, yeah. And what's going to signify that decision is what they do with Van Fleet. If they're like, we got Lowry for one more year, because they signed under that extension. They got him for one more. So if they decide to bring back Van Fleet, have a, you know, a, a tough year in terms of uh, paying out for the luxury tax, but one more year to keep them as a relevant franchise, even after Lowry probably leaves, um, then that means they're trying to keep it together. If if they let Van Fleet walk, then I get very worried about Kyle Lowry getting dealt then, because he's, he'd be the best asset out there on the free agent, you know, yeah. not free agent, but availability market. I mean, it's point. a super friendly deal it's to, a, yeah i think it'd be one year left at like 30 million yeah so it's super easy to take on yeah like convince yourself to take on. yes um especially if you feel like you're that one piece away can does philly bring back kyle lowry um <laughs> that, that full full circle um experiment there but uh that that's what's going to be the telling point for yeah. toronto um in terms of like what actually happened on the court so i know you and i were talking the other day um man pascal it was that was the toughest or series he he could have had. I don't think that could have gone any worse, Pascal Siakam, offensively or defensively. Yeah, I mean, like he had. I think he had. It was late in maybe the two overtime game, game six, where he had like a fast break layup, and it like was a wide open layup, and it it was maybe a little contested, but it's like, it, dude, you're like six nine. He like laid it up, and it just rimmed out. Like, it's it just, did. like, one of those, like... Like, the oh, announcer already man. started to say, Siakam with the layup for Toronto, and it rimmed out, yeah, man. And it was just like, oh, man, that's just the kind of series you're having right now. It's it was. like, you can't buy a bucket. I feel bad. Also, dunk the ball, though. Come on, man. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you say that for Tatum, too? Yeah, oh, <laughs> I do. I do say it. <laughs> Tatum should dunk on everybody. Siakam should dunk on everybody, but they don't. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Siakam had a rough series, but I think uh, he'll learn from it. I mean, he took another leap this year, and I yes. can imagine that maybe with some extended time off again, he'll take another mini leap. Yeah. Um, had a fantastic year otherwise, outside of some playoff woes. Um, I think this this Raptor team could be really good again. Um, like you said, they have the choice of what are you doing with Lowry, Van Fleet, Gasol, who's a free agent. Yeah. Ibaka, I think, either is a free agent or has a year left on his deal. Um, there should be a lot. I think he's a free agent because I know just some different reporters I follow. Charlotte is just all about the Surge. reporters are all like going and getting Surge right now. Oh, man. That's going to be. Uh, uh, are they going to do the Bismack Biombo thing again? Yes. Yes. Yeah, 100%. They yes. They are. Um, and, and so, like, you have some dis- tough decisions to make there. I think you could confidently bring back bring back Van Fleet, and I mean Lowry, Van Vliet, and Siakam, and OG. OG. That's a really good team. Norm Powell still on that team. Norm Powell, you could bring back Gasol probably for a cheaper yeah. deal than he's on now. Definitely. Um, and then that's a really good six or seven yeah. right there. Yeah, and you just kind of hope you can get a draft pick that kind of works out and some things like that, and all of a sudden you got eight nine guys and then find some scrap heap guys like you did this past year for your end of your bench and there's a at worst a if they play like they did again this year at worst a six seed in the east i mean i don't think indiana is catching up to them if they bring all those pieces back so so you're and again they're gonna be good in the regular season 
Yeah. So, Nick Nurse is, again, coach of the year every year, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Well, it came back to bite Siakam and the Raptors as a whole, and Siakam kind of epitomizes it is just not they, – they haven't been all year a half-court team. They weren't they, – and they ultimately just couldn't execute in the half-court against Boston. Boston, one of the better teams in the league, I think top five statistically in stopping transition buckets. So you're not going to get out and run on them, which is actually pretty amazing considering how many jump shots Boston takes – because usually that leads to long rebounds and runouts, um, and that that came to fruition a ton. Um, Toronto all year, um, average to slightly below average in terms of league ranking on half court offense. And Siakam, it's just he doesn't have a tight enough handle right now to catch the ball in the three point line, face his defender, and then cross him up or you know get by him with a move or into a step back. Like he just doesn't have that you know element of ball handling to his game. The shot looks fine. Mm. That's not the problem. Like if it's just, could he get into a step back? Could he do a, you know, between the legs to his left and then pull it back, just for a, a jump shot? And I don't. He just doesn't have that right now. Is he ever going to have that? I'm not going to rule it out for him because, like you said, like he's gotten so much better over the last three years. Like in every single year, it's a it's a step. But that it's the toughest skill in the NBA is playmaking playmaking ball, ball handling yeah and i mean it's, it's they're the toughest shots mm-hmm. so it makes sense um that there's not everyone can do it and some of the guys who it's like that's exclusively what they do then they don't do anything else well and if they do that means they're a great player um the the kawais of the world so with siakam it's is he best as a second option in the half court and then he's awesome at getting out in transition that's realistically what he is. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's he's going to get paid, or he has gotten paid. He's he's a nice, a really nice player. Mm. He just, he can't be a one on a championship team. Yeah. If you're Toronto, I don't know how hard you're looking for a true number one on a championship team, because you, you, you won a chip. And at times in the series, Lowry looked like one. But, he, again, we're... Same conversation we've had for the last couple of years. Those undersized guards <laughs> just can only do so much. Yeah. We saw it with Kimba at times too. Um, during this series, it's like sometimes he can get to his own shot, and Lowry better at getting to the rim. Kimba better in mid range. Um, and when it's working, sometimes it's really hard to stop. But so many times you can just throw a, a Jason Tatum on him, a Jalen Brown on him, or in Kimba's case, you can throw a OG Ananobi on him, and it's just. You're it's done. hard. Yeah. It's hard. That length length and size is just hard to get around. Yeah. And Lowry had moments in this series where he, it looked like he could be the best player yeah. in the series. And he then, he then, seeked out Kemba at times. Yeah. Um, especially late in games. Yeah. I mean, he had that post fadeaway, that like sealed game six. Game six. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there was also spots where he looked not great like yeah. he fouled out of game seven which was a huge thing for toronto late in that game mm-hmm. which was winnable honestly for toronto late um but i i don't know if you're the raptors like if you bring back lowry you're just kind of kicking down kicking the can another year yeah you are and, and maybe that's what you want to do i don't know but if you're cool with that then sure um is the fan base is cool with it you may not have fans this year who knows um <laughs> yeah and do you do you start thinking about the 2021 draft which is supposed to be incredible or not do you want to try and like if you 
have a less than stellar year this year, try and get into that top 10 or trade into that top 10. I don't, there's so many ways of building a team now. And especially if you want to try and get into the draft, um, because some of those teams have been down there in the top 10 for so long in yep. terms of draft picks that some of them are going to start getting desperate and trading for guys. Um, I just, I don't know what Toronto hangs its hat on moving forward. I think that's ultimately where I struggle with the franchise is like, what's going to be your calling card moving forward is, is Nick nurse your calling card? Do you, do you build teams around coaches anymore? Not, I mean, not really okay. like the last team to do it was really the Spurs and Popovich and but that's an all-timer yeah coach I mean and they had a player with him like Tim Duncan they had a maybe top 10 player of all time the best power forward to ever play the game right like that's that's a little bit different situation Siakam like you were saying isn't that no he's he's not really close to that maybe a combination of Van Fleet OG and Pascal now that's a really good core yeah but that feels like a team that's stuck in purgatory they're just like the middle of the nba like you're always in the second round never further never any less which is fine which might be fine Mm -hmm. but if your goal is to win a championship i think you have to make a move and i think lowry is the piece to move like whatever you do i think that's the best asset you have to move and to maybe move up again to that championship contender level yeah you're probably Right, I would like to think a sign and trade with Van Fleet is on the table that yeah. could get you quite a bit at this point. Um, whether that's a Knicks or someone else, like realizes like you can play Van Fleet at the two next to a defensive-minded point guard. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But I just I don't know if Toronto is willing to give up on Van Fleet because they. They helped make Van Fleet who yeah. he is, and that's it's hard to let those type of guys go, like the homegrown guys. Yep. Lowry's awesome to that franchise, but and I mean, I think they're always going to view him as a Raptor, like especially when once he retires, we're always going to view him as a Raptor. Jersey retired, for um, sure. Yeah, for sure. But it's not like he walked into the league in Toronto. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's going to be the maybe tough, it's easier to let go. Tough thing about Lowry too. I I just don't know. Like this team feels. It's odd because it feels like they have another year left, but at the same time, realistically, if you're building this team, you know that if you hang on to this team for another year, it's not going to end well. No, I don't. I don't think so. Like you said, it's it's hard to give up winning games, and next year, if you trade all these guys, you are you're literally giving up winning on an extra twenty games, twenty five, thirty yeah. games. You go from like a fifty, 50 win team to probably like a four low 40 upper 30 win team maybe i'll I'll say that's probably your best case outcome with that with that squad um depending on how many of them you let go it's like for every eye you let go probably take off like 10 wins yeah you let lowry go all right you go from 50 to 40 you let van fleet go you're down to like 30 and then you let abaka and gasol go there's another five five five, yeah somewhere in there so it just what it's how far are you willing to go and yeah. that's why Masai Ujiri gets paid more than just about any other um, uh, manager of any team. So, I don't know. You, Nick Nurse is a nice building block. Those guys we talked about are nice building blocks. What's a team of nice building blocks worth? You know, that's, <laughs> that's a, a great question. That feels like question. Toronto of old. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, it does. And not this new Toronto that we've been accustomed to over the last couple seasons. Moving on to maybe the most disappointing team in NBA history. And that's not even hyperbole, Matt. The uh, Milwaukee right. Bucks. The number one seed with the reigning MVP, two-time MVP yeah. more than likely, defensive player of the year, get bounced in the second round in f- five? Yeah. Five games. Only because Chris Middleton got them a game. Um, did they even get to five? And Okay, let's take a second on that. The guy you're paying $150 million got you one playoff game. <laughs> he extended sh- the series once. Yeah, um, barely. And also, like, Miami should have closed it, too. They had every... Uh, yeah. They so, had, it, he literally had one good game in the series. The bu- I, I, I'm I'm going to be real frank with you, Matt. The Bucks window is closed. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I 100% disagree, but just hearing that, right? It's, it sounds bad. Um, because you... Technically, Giannis is still on the payroll. <laughs> for now. I, I mean... So it gets into the very quickly getting to the point of is Giannis on this team moving forward or not? That I mean, that's the question, yeah. right? Like that's the question that's surrounding this team is like who's on this team next year? And I'm looking directly at Eric Butzler when I ask that question because he if he's on this team again, again, I'm not picking them next year. I'm they can be seven. They're be 73-9, and and I'm not picking him to win the championship. It's to the point of, I mean, teams literally, they treat him like it's, they respect Robin Lopez on the perimeter more than they respect (laughs) Eric Bledsoe at this point. I mean, he's Markel Fultz on offense at this point. So, to pose a question to you, is this not just the Houston Rockets of the East? Like, you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. With no variance. In a series, like, over the regular season, like, it's special because not you don't play the Bucks every night. Yeah. But in a series, a good defensive team, insert the Miami Heat, r- just picks you apart. And part of me is like, was the Heat the worst matchup possible? Maybe. Maybe. The Celtics and Raptors would have been pretty tough for that team, too, though. Like, just the way Toronto plays defense... Would have been tough for that team. They don't have the three-point shooting of Miami, but the defense is still also very overwhelming. So, I mean, Kyle Lowry would have taken Eric Bledsoe's lunch money. Um, <laughs> he would have had Eric Bledsoe fouled out by, like, halftime because Kyle Lowry would have taken, like, 50 charges. Which is, I know. Um, and then Boston. Boston has pretty much the shooting Miami does. Um, more yeah. creators. And then a really good defensive team. That the step up of the wings on defense was a big um, point for Boston this year. So part of me is like, would they have even gotten through one of those other two teams in either this round or the next round? You know, depending on how the bracket would have worked out. Um, I I can't say 100 percent yes. So maybe maybe it was Miami that ultimately caused it. But you're you're on something there with the idea of if you do something that's really effective in the regular season, not in the playoffs and you do it year after year after year, is it just going to become obvious to teams of, you do whatever you want during the regular season. When it comes playoff time, we know we have you. So do what you need to do um, up until then. It feels like it. I just don't know. Like, this team feels like it's hit its ceiling. Like, firmly hit its ceiling at this point. Like, I I feel like I'm over-exaggerating here, but I'm also not. Like, what are you doing? 
Like, is Chris Middleton not going to show up I mean, again? We, is Eric Bledsoe not going to show up again? Like, they just, like, have bad... Like, they have good regular seasons. Eric... Or, Chris Middleton was, like, a 50-40-90 guy in the in, in before the playoffs started. Now, he wasn't... He didn't even sniff that in the playoffs. No. I, I mean, we have the conversation, we being anyone who understands basketball, of could they have done kept Brogdon and not Bledsoe, just flip that deal, you know, send Bledsoe out and keep Brogdon. Would they have been better? I think so. Therefore, I don't, but I don't, it's better. Is better a championship. I don't think so. Yeah. But better. I think they could have been better. Better. So I don't it, think Brogdon ultimately wins them that series. No, I don't either, but I think Brogdon's more keeps them in that like legitimate six games, not like getting run over in what should have been four. Yeah. Because that's what it was. Right. Um, it was a gentleman's sweep. So, yes. Um, Brogdon, I think, is more of, like, makes that competitive six. Is, but, I, so it's like, did, are that their ceiling then? Technically, no. But is it that different? No, it's not. Um, <sighs> part of me is, I, I don't know what kind of step DiVincenzo has in him. In theory, he's still a young player, so, of course, he can get better, but, what skill set is DiVincenzo realistically adding? Because what you need to do for this team is either get Bledsoe out of there for someone else, which is totally possible, or you need organic growth from guys that are already there. I mean, you're maxed out on Brook Lopez at this point. Yeah, you're getting the most out of Brook Lopez. Um, Giannis, in theory, again, can of course we know he can get better because the jump shot. But, I mean, at what point do we start saying, like, 26 year olds like if you don't know how to shoot by the time you're 26 like well, what are we doing here maybe it's some of it is like Giannis yeah he could be more consistent but like that's he's doing so much for this team already and it's like if he's going like one of four from three point line are you really like do you think the series or even a matchup can flip it on its head if he goes like two of five like I, I just don't know like if you're expanding Giannis's shooting if it again how much of, how much of it does that plus like a Brogdon instead of Bledsoe get them past the heat maybe 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 so you're right and at this point again I'm kind of on the you're maxed out on Chris Middleton also so there's just not a lot of room for the guys to have on the roster to get significantly better. Like, George Hill is who he is. Bledsoe is who he is. So, without... And, again, I don't see DiVincenzo taking much, too much more of a step than he than he has because he's way better early on in his career than I think most people thought he would be, including me. Um, so, you're right with that. It has to be some sort of bring in a guy that makes a significant difference. I guess it just goes into interpretation of what does this team need. I mean, more shooting, maybe playmaking. I think is. I think one. that's it more than shooting. Playmaking and shooting kind of go, I guess, hand in hand with that one guy. I would prefer them over like going to get a CP3 type to see what it would take to get like a Drew Holiday, like can handle the ball, competent, super competent on defense, still one of the best yeah. perimeter defenders, can shoot the ball off the dribble, can create yeah. his own shot, can create shots for others. I think that's a better fit than someone like a CP3 who's a, a significant later stage in their career at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think playmaking is definitely it. 
Like, you need someone who can create off the dribble that's not Giannis. Because it's, yeah. I mean, like, Chris Middleton can for himself. He's not really playmaking for anybody else, also, though. Yeah. I mean, so when Giannis has gotten better as a passer, that, that's for sure. Saw this here. But his moves in terms of getting into the lane are still very predictable. Now, there might not be anything you can do about it sometimes. Like, when he realizes, like, I'm just going to dunk it. There's not a lot of guys in the league who can even get their arm that high up in the air to contest the dunk. Um, but we saw it with Miami. They're like, we know you're going to that spin move every time. Or you're just going to put that shoulder down and just try and go through us and assume we're not going to take a charge. And Jay Crowder's taking a charge. <laughs> like, we just know it's going to happen. And if the spin move's coming, the help side defender just knows where to be. Um, I To me, it's, it's two things. One is the playmaker. Mm. And... When I say playmaker, I mean someone that can like get into the lane and then make the right read, either finish or make the right pass. Drew Holiday probably fits that. I'm not he's not a great finisher. He's a good finisher, right? He's not dunking on anyone. And you don't have to be a dunk on everyone to be a good finisher. Um He can catch and shoot three. He's not a live dribble pull up three point shooter, but if Giannis is the guy who sets him up more, if you can get Middleton to be able to take two dribbles towards the lane and then kick it out to him, I think he can do that. I think DiVincenzo can do that uh, as a passer. Um, if you can get that, then Drew Holiday probably works for you. And I think they would like the defensive side of it also. Um, still young enough where if Giannis leaves and they want to just tear it all down, teams would still very much trade for Drew Holiday again. So that's one piece is the playmaker of someone who can get in the lane. Mm. The other piece for me is a a pretty real sit down with Giannis and be like, look, we need you to play the five. That's that's what I was going to say is at the end of the day, I think Giannis has to play more center. Yeah. Then if, if he's not technically starting at center because, you know, Anthony Davis type thing, fine. Yeah, like, dude, you're playing 20 minutes a game minimum at center. Yeah. If you play 35, he's not playing 35 minutes a night. If he plays 32 minutes a night, we, we'll give you 10-ish at power forward. The rest you're playing at center. Yeah. Like crunch time, playoff time, you're essentially our starting center. Yeah. And then that gets you more shooting. I mean, Brook Lopez can shoot, but in theory that gets you more shooting on the floor. And yeah. essentially go... I mean, do the Oklahoma City thing. Play three guards and, like, a stretch uh, uh, forward it, of some yeah. sort. Um, if that's Chris Middleton, fine. Um, and just space the floor even more. Like, that's what this Budenholzer era has been in Milwaukee. Yeah. I think they just have to embrace kind of just saying to Brooke Lopez, we love you, but in crunch time, you're not it for us. Yeah. That's the thing. You can start. You can... Find some minutes when Yon- at center when Giannis is on the bench. Because, yep. again, they're not playing Giannis a ton. Um, so, Brooke Lopez, you're a 25-minute-a-night guy. 12 minutes with Giannis and another 10-ish minutes when Giannis is out of the game. That's that's your role at center. To your brother, you can be on the team. <laughs> like, Robin Lopez is a rotation center in the NBA. But if, sure. you, but if you care to be on the team with your brother, like if you, that matters that much to you, you're probably not playing more than a five ten minutes a game in total um which you're not building this team and constructing around robin lopez's feelings um (laughs) but 
that's where I'm kind of at. Like, it has to be those two. And those are significant shifts for a team that is a, you know, 60-win team of your best players pretty much changing positions. And then you're bringing in basically a brand-new ball handler. And that's always the, the most one of the most valued things in the NBA is who can create. Everyone wants it. And very few teams to that championship level actually have it. So it's hard to get. But if you're the Bucks and you, you know if you don't win, Giannis is gone. You you have to do it. You gotta trade whatever you gotta trade to make it happen. It I don't know if you can trade Chris Middleton though. I don't know if they want to tr- trade Miss Chris Middleton. I don't know how tradable that contract is though. So maybe it's a it doesn't matter if you want to or not. No one's taking it. But someone would take that contract. I mean, he's you could convince someone. I think you, you could convince. You could convince Sacramento to take that. Yeah, yeah. Sacramento type. Team. Yeah, something like that. Maybe flip Chris Mellon for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't do what I just talked about. You needing to do it all, but um, I mean, it's it's something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just I mean, that's the contract that comes to mind. I guess I kind of put those players in the same category, it's, which is <laughs> it's totally disrespectful to Chris. It Mellon, is. But, it is um, terribly, but. But I, I guess, I don't know. I, I think this team, much like the Rockets, it feels like, what what are you doing now? Like, you really, like, are you keeping Budenholzer? Because they haven't announced it. I think their, so. I, <laughs> I mean, they haven't fired him yet, which... I, I think he's got one more year. He's got one more year there, and if it, it... Is it one year too many, though? I think so. But is... I think they're giving him one more year... And then they're going to try and convince Giannis, like, sign the LeBron deal. We'll bring in a new guy for you. Yeah. And we'll try it again. It might work. I don't know. I just feel it's, like... It's a risky play. This Bucks team is old. Like, they're just all old. Like, outside of Giannis and DiVincenzo, like, they're all 20, around that 30 age. Yeah. And that's not really the age you want your championship team to be at. In theory, everyone's at or near their peak like Brooke Lopez is on the downside but in terms of like his play it's about as peak stylistically as they need it to be or as they could ask it to be yeah I mean young Brooke Lopez back to the basket at that time in the NBA was very much a better player than he is now but that's just 100%. not how the NBA is anymore um so yeah you're probably right but I mean it means like everyone's gunning for a championship on that team in the next two years like they all know like if I'm winning a chip as an actual part of the team like contributor it's in the next year or two yeah so you'd like to think like they're all on a common direction which is good it's just the pieces aren't quite the right pieces anymore you found that out at the time when you built the team you you probably could have convinced us that it was the right combination and i mean a lot of teams people pick the bucks um to win it it's just Giannis is so good but there are so many other teams now that are built one through eight and the ones and twos are at the and i'm gonna say at the same level as Giannis, but close enough that it it canceled it out yeah yep yeah it's it's a strange place and i know like i think the bucks fan if i were a bucks fan i would be going nuts right now because what else do you do what it feels like uh this rock bottom for your team Mm -hmm. uh losing in the second round when you have championship aspirations is not great it's not great um moving on 
The Clippers Nuggets series has not ended yet. We'll talk trash on both of these teams right now. <laughs> um, we'll just give one point each for each of these, I guess. Yeah. The Clippers, um, I may just be out on the Clippers at this point. Even if they advance. Even if they advance. I don't know what to do with them. It feels like something's just off about this team. Like, it doesn't feel like... I don't know. It doesn't feel like a co- cohesive unit. It doesn't feel like they have... It feels like the games they should win, they never win. <laughs> like, just never win. It's like Paul George is, does his dis- best disappearing act again. Um, Kawhi is, like, ca- trying to carry this team. But other than that, like, this roster is not as good as I think we all thought it was. Yeah. Well, so do you... Well, one, do you buy into the... They just haven't got enough time to gel? What? I'm, we've had a year. It's been a year since but you put this team I feel together. Like only what are played, you waiting for? They've only played like, you know, the the actual guys like PG Kawhi, Lou Will, Montrez, and Pat Bev. I feel like they've only played like thirty ish games together. I'm not saying I buy that as like the reason this doesn't look as good as it should on paper, but I mean I think it it contributes, but not nearly to the degree that people make it out to be. It's. Well, okay, separate point for me. Montrez has lost a ton of money this series. Yeah, the, uh, the his play this his play in the bubble hasn't been great. And yeah. I know there's some like family things going on there, yeah. but Dude, I don't been know back, like, like without now. Lou Will and like that pick and roll, what is he? Yeah. Like he, uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't play defense. He doesn't defend well, obviously. Um or the series would be over probably. Um he's a good post player like he's good underneath he's a good finisher i'll give him what that. does that get you in terms of a contract maybe a lot depending on the desperate team i don't think i don't if you're paying him like 20 million dollars that feels a lot much to me very um, and that's like kind of the ballpark he was looking at coming into the season i feel like um i just i don't know I think that Lou Will hasn't played well either. I think some of this, some of the. Team... Are we gonna have the small guards thing uh, again? <laughs> Fifteen minutes later. I just don't like. I don't know. I it just feels like this team's missing something, and it's like, man, they were so good last year, but like the team, like they had so many good players that they kind of moved the ball and did things well yeah. and played good team defense, and that team isn't what we're seeing now yeah. like they don't like they have good individual defenders but yeah. we haven't seen that been put together yeah yeah um because like pat bev obviously whether you he annoys you or not like he is a good defender i really don't know if he's second team all defense he's level a solid good defender for sure but like you know he's he's a top 10 guard on defense I would yeah. say, yeah, which is highly respectable, um, and obviously Kawhi is who he is. Paul George, when he wants to be, can be mm-hmm. that elite level defender. Zubac is a you know for what he is, he's a good front of the rim defender, competent, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, and then you can, if you're playing those four guys, in theory, the fifth guy you put on the court doesn't have to be a great defender. They just have to like know where to be. Um, so like in. That should work well, like Shamit. Like Shamit's, he's at least like where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. 
it's when you get into this point of Kawhi is doing everything offensively, but Kawhi's style of offense is like, I'm getting to my spot and I'm going to take my shot. And it works a lot. Like, he's going for 30 every game here on really efficient shooting. I can't knock Kawhi at all for how this, even if they win the series, um, even if they lose the series, I'm not going to knock Kawhi at all for his play. Paul George, the last few nights, he's been really good. He's been Paul George again. He's been better, um, for sure. It's getting into Lou Wild. I I mean, I don't have, again, not looking at it in front of me, but I don't, I can't remember last time he had a good game. Montrez, I can't really He's remember last time. He's been shooting sub, a good game. sub 35% from three in uh, the series. You, do, I, you just don't have that guard who can break down a defense right now. Obviously, it's not Reggie Jackson. Um, you you maxed him out. Um, like his what he was going to give you um, in the previous series um, and this series has been exposed and then you just you have no backup wings that are of anything of of yeah. note Marcus um, Morris and like Jermichael Green like have to be Morris ready. gave you some great minutes um, yeah. at times but now again the last couple games he it's just kind of come back to being what he is realistically not what this hyped up version of him Right. has been um I, I like Jermichael green i like him for four or five million dollars and 10 15 minutes in the playoffs he's fine for that it it's just not a difference maker yeah and that's okay he doesn't have to be you know not everyone has to be that level in the nba he's a competent role guy who's a great backup for your team so he's not the problem here and there he should be a guy they look to bring back it's just the guys who you rely on the most. I don't know outside of your top one and three quarter guys how much I trust anyone on that team to like make a play offensively. Yeah, yeah. Shamit can shoot, yeah. which is great. Shamit can shoot. Zulach can finish inside. Great. Who Who is breaking down a defense? Who is always making the extra pass who is like going to be a competent three-point shooter off the catch i don't know who who in the league does all three of those things that this team can go get because it's like we talk about the bucks it's what everyone wants you know <laughs> it's all what these teams kind of i mean outside the raptors need right? yeah and at this point the clippers have nothing to trade in terms of draft assets because you gave it all to oklahoma city and <laughs> so it's just to the point of like, I don't I don't know what this team does more in terms of the offseason to maximize their ceiling, besides just kind of hope Paul George doesn't disappear at times again, and maybe maybe he doesn't next year, maybe he plays like MVP Paul George again for when you actually need him to. Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't, then this team just is what it is. Again, like the styles basic. It's it's a pretty simple style of basketball, honestly. And if it works, it's really cool. And if it doesn't, then, yeah, it's not really a surprise because they run the most generic offense in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, you're not right. You're 100% right there. Um, I I don't know. I, I just feel like this team, like you said, is missing something. It's It doesn't feel like this team is meshing the way it should at this yeah. point in the year. Um, it feels like they should have walked over the Nuggets. Like, if they were legit yeah. championship contender, like, five. Like, that should have been the limit that they yeah. got the Series 2. Um, but they haven't. And now we're going to a Game, game seven. 7. 
Um, and we can talk about the Nuggets here for a second. I think the biggest thing for them is, like, they found something in Michael Porter Jr. So the biggest question is, what do you do with Paul Millsap, Torrey Craig, those yeah. types types of players? Like, are you bringing them back? You have to feel good about your chances in Denver. Like, you, yeah. you're taking a team to, a brink, to the brink who you really sh- have no business taking to the brink. No. That's the thing. Uh, Ace... It's it's the old story now with the young player Jamal Murray of like if you can legit be a twenty five point per game guy, that really elevates the team. Jokic realizing like I can take just about every center in the NBA, like whether it's off the dribble or in the post, I can take just about everyone right now. And I say just about, I mean everyone. <laughs> so, um, and especially like in the series Montrez, like he does whatever he wants to do against Montrez Harrell. Whether it's in the pick and roll or just straight up, you can catch it on the elbow. It doesn't. Montrez can't do anything to stop him. Once Jokic like realizes that for eighty-two games, and then more importantly, the, the playoffs, it's it can be over for any other big. You gotta. You would have to find a way to play him off the floor because he's playing whatever center you have off the floor and taking advantage of the smaller guy you put on him. It has to be like an Anthony Davis, Giannis-type guy at this point to play Jokic off the floor when Jokic realizes it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is that he's, like, lost some weight and, like, trimmed down, yeah. and, like, he looks good. Like, he looks good. There really are times good. where I'm like, dude, I need you to go, like, grab a rebound. Go be a big man and grab a rebound. But, honestly, I feel like it's more mindset for him. Like, uh, I'm getting this ball. Yeah. I, like, whether it's offense or I'm getting this ball. And get out of my way. And again, he's good enough to do it. It's just he needs to do it more often. And I'm not saying he's like the MVP, not just this year, but any forgiven year. But he's always he should always be a top six MVP candidate in this league for the next six years, yeah, seven years. And will he do it? I don't know. Will Michael Porter Jr. be a star in the league? I mean, he's got the potential to be. His scoring ability is crazy. Like, he had a nice today catch and shoot, pump fake, one dribble, and, like, just nice, silky smooth. Um, The thing is, like, if he can figure out the defensive end, um, that's going to be the biggest thing for him. Like, if he's. In moments he has. I think he's he's better guarding fours than he has threes. Yeah. They've played him at the three a lot. They've played him at that two some. Um, Coming into the draft, I had him as more of a four maybe three there are even some people that are like is he more of a five like four or five mm. and he's not strong enough to do that i don't know if he'll ever be strong enough to do that but he's more of a four to me than anything and unfortunately that means paul Millsap is not a part of lineups with him but jeremy grant can be yeah. jeremy grant's been really good jeremy grant's made himself some money yeah i mean that's the fun thing about this team is that they they really do have multiple pieces going ahead like it's yeah. a good young core and like i think jamal murray and Jokic and michael porter jr and jeremy grant like jamal murray taking a leap in the playoffs like he's been consistent in the playoffs and his playmaking like you want to yeah. talk about a guy who can play make for about anybody like that dude can just find a shot for yes. himself at any yeah. any point it's a step back it's a mid-range it's getting to the rim it's the two-man game that him and Jokic run um it's everything and then like like you said jeremy grant is 
super springy and really good help side defender. That's the thing. He can he can be your pick and roll lob threat. He can be a catch and shoot three guy at a pretty competent right now. Yeah. And then defensively, he can guard on ball two through four, and then in somewhat in some situations, he can guard ones and fives, um, just depending on the exact matchup, and like guard them well. I'm not just like being the like he can guard them all well. So that's a, to have that kind of versatility, and ne- especially next to a Porter Jr., it would be really important um, for that franchise. Also, the one guy we haven't mentioned at all that's made his comeback in the playoffs, Gary Harris, had yeah. an abysmal regular season. <laughs> yeah, and then now playing legit elite defense and yeah. hitting some shots finally on that perimeter. The shot doesn't look bad, yeah. It's just, it's it's going in enough. He's not a put-the-ball-on-the-floor type of guy unless it's a straight line for a dunk. Um, but if he can, again, if he can be 35-ish percent from three on catch-and-shoots when they come to him, get in transition for a few dunks, and then play great defense, one through four. That's exactly what they need next to a Murray. Well, then that takes the pressure off of him scoring if Michael Porter Jr. can be that scorer that they need. And that's been our thing the whole time is, like, this team kind of needs, like, a tertiary scorer and, well, enter Michael Porter Jr. As long as he accepts that he's... The third option on the team. <laughs> not not <laughs> and, the superstar of the team. Um, which, that's a huge question mark. But, it's this team, in theory, next year should be much closer than I think they actually will be. Mm. There's if, if Murray can keep taking that step, and Jokic keeps taking that mindset step, then they, they could legitimately be a two in the West. Um, maybe even regular season record be a one, not actually be the one, but in terms of uh, regular season record be a one. It's it's things though that like a GM can't control at this point. Yeah. I think with this team, it's not. I don't even know if it's any like Malone or whoever the coach next year is. If it's not Malone, um, can control either. I think Malone's coached his way into having next year for sure. I think if they yeah if they got bounced, I knew when I talked about it in four or five, he was gone. If they got bounced in the first round. He, yeah. he oh he was definitely gone. He was gone. Um but he's coached his way into earning a second year. He probably got one year. more year. Yeah. Um and that's the thing, is like at this point it's for the Nuggets it's things kind of like out of your control and like are your players taking leaps and is your coach now your ceiling on this team? Yeah. Kind of like what we we're talking about with the Bucks. It feels like Budenholzer could be the ceiling for the Bucks. Is Malone gonna be a ceiling for this team? With his style, maybe, but like you're hoping, you're kind of relying on the players just being so good that so it, good that it doesn't almost matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have more room to grow than the Bucks do in terms of like their players oh, developing. Sure. Like Jamal Murray, I think still has another mini leap. Like he could get in that like sc- like <clears throat> lead the league in scoring type of type. Of yeah, you know he definitely could, especially the, how much Jokic passes. Yeah, yeah, it could set him up a lot. I remember when that draft was that like 2016. I think so. Yeah, now. that sounds right. Uh, keeping the years is is hard, <laughs> but I remember he went um, mid lottery, and the Celtics had the three pick that year and took Jalen Brown. I I had them taking uh, Jamal Murray because mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted that lead guard for Boston because at the time they didn't have that guy anymore. It was it was past the Rondo year and everything. So that's who I wanted them to take. 
ultimately they chose the wings. I'm not. Ha- I'm like. I'm not unhappy with Jalen Brown yeah. now. It's a different player, right? Yeah, like, it, it's just a different. Uh, they both come into their own, but uh, Jamal Murray's. Uh, he's a. He's kind of in that Harden like category of scoring where it's just like I don't know. There's not much you can do yeah. about defending him at this point. Yeah. Like he's, when he's on, when he when he is fully engaged in the offense. Uh, yeah, he's so fast. He that, has that quick first step that I don't. I mean, especially I think my favorite thing to watch is their two his two man game with Jokic because yeah. if the screen doesn't work, they'll turn around and screen it again, and, and then I mean he demands to be double teamed off that yeah. screen, and then it's passing it back to Jokic to reengage the make offense. the right decision in a short roll or just finish. Yeah, and it's very hard to stop. It is. Yeah. It is <laughs> so I don't know what you do. Um, besides just pray a lot. Um, <laughs> That's where, like, truly, like, you need a first or actual second team defense guy to even have a chance yeah. of stopping it. Um, so with with them, if if they can do those two guys specifically take that leap, and Michael Porter Jr. get to not not the type of leap DeAndre Ayton took in terms of defense, but I don't know three fifths that type of leap. Then all of a sudden we're having some very different conversations about Denver next year than this year. It's it's a nice story, honestly. Them the three one come back twice, even if they lose this game seven. Like that, it's cool. I think it's it, it's I, just why didn't why were we in three one deficits in the first place? Yeah, that's, that's ultimately it. They had a couple couple of games early in the series that could have bounced their way too. Yeah. Um, I think the Nuggets present a more interesting matchup for the Lakers than. If the Nuggets are clicking, then yes. Um, because the guard play there would be interesting. Yeah. I, they, they don't really have anybody to guard LeBron. But um, beside the point, we can talk about that here in a second. Let's move on to that, actually. Conference Finals preview, Matt. Yes. This is... It's getting crunch time in this playoffs, playoff run. Uh, it's hard to believe we're here. It didn't seem like we would be here after March. Um, let's talk about our predictions. Matt... Celtics Heat, let's talk about it first. I get so this stressed two, watching two, the Celtics now. Like, this is, what, two times in three years that yeah, they made the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals? Um, and the first one, it's like, it was a nice story then, right? Mm. The, the first one, Tatum's rookie year. Uh, and now it, and now and there wasn't the pressure of it. it was, the pressure was all on Cleveland at that time. Now it's, I don't know if the pressure's on Boston more than Miami, I think this is a nice surprise for both teams. Yeah, I think it is too. And in which place, both teams are just kind of playing with house money. Mm. And I don't, I don't know who that favors either, though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that favors Boston, like just that free, relaxed, loose style. If it favors Miami because they're built in fairly similar ways. Um, if you really like look at, I'll, I'll go with the starting five. Once you get past the starting five, I think Miami has a, a pretty significant advantage over Boston, but. Butler and Tatum are pretty similar stylistically. Um, Butler better at getting and finishing at the rim. Tatum slightly better at finishing and on the perimeter. So, but I mean, really, they do the same things for their teams. Um, and then Jalen and Kimba with um, for Boston and Dragic and Kimba are, are pretty similar players. Yeah. And then Jalen, I mean. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, kind of in the same. I mean, Crowder the way he's playing right now. As soon as, assuming it keeps 
Oh gosh. <laughs> like, has he hit? Has he missed a shot? <laughs> I don't think he's missed like a shot. Um, yeah, that's been tough for every team to defend because it's like you can't help off of him right now, and it's like you can't help off of Drogic, Hero, Robinson either. <laughs> what do you, you do here? Off, yeah, it can't help off anybody. Yeah, that's the tough part. Um, I mean, Bam is better than Tice. Tice, whoever you're throwing yeah. out at center for Boston. Um, but but stylistically, they do the same things. Right. They're still, like... And then you have Smart and Hero, which are kind of like... Sometimes they'll have the ball, and you're like, please pass it. Please. <laughs> and other times you're like, yeah, give him the ball every single time. And it's there's the up and down. Marcus, obviously, a better, much better defender. But they like that burst of energy for mm. their team, mm. though. They both yeah. provide that... Um, Marcus Smart has got to the point where he's doing it offensively, semi consistently now. And from Which us watching crazy. him at, oh, like we we literally went to his games at OSU, and to see it now, it's like you're not a completely different player, but you are what like ninety five percent of like the potential outcome you had as an NBA career right now. Like you've hit pretty much, I mean, the max on what we realistically thought you would be as an NBA player. Just um, incredible defender. He had that yeah. block late in game. Seven. He had like five chase down blocks that series he's he's i think i mean he doesn't give get defensive player of the year love all that much but he's he's up there with he's, he he's, can defi- he i mean like in his mind he defends one through five like whatever he does i mean the guy in guards joel and bead yeah like and doesn't get totally pushed around um with Marcus, we talk with guys on offense like just being able to see the game in a different way like the chris ball yeah. types Marcus sees the game defensively in a different way than yeah. most guys do in the league. Um, yeah, he flops too much. 100%. <laughs> he was but, doing that in college. Like, yeah, there's nothing not, new there. It's um, not changing. And so, I mean, then it's past that is when you get into the Duncan Robinsons, um, Kelly Olenek's, and different things on that team that probably are better than Boston's. Boston's difference ultimately is do their wings slash guards create enough in terms of like a difference because they create more than miami's wings well yeah yep. is that difference enough to make up for miami at any given time is going to have five i mean super don't suck guys out there it's 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 our podcast's <laughs> don't play players who suck thing miami does that better than pretty to much anyone degree, like to yeah. just whatever like they do it better than because sometimes else. like the celtics like they have to put like canner out there and canner doesn't suck but like in certain matchups he sucks Robert Williams, at times, was like, oh, he's the future at center. And sometimes it's like, for the love of God, get off the court. I'd rather Brad Stevens playing center at times. Um, and then, like, Shimmy Ojale. When he, yeah. I mean, sometimes he's providing really good defense, and he hits a corner three or two, and you're feeling good. And then other times, it's like, we can't pass you the ball. Yeah. Brad Wanamaker's been nice for the Celtics off the bench. I think... Sometimes he get, he gets a little too confident. Yeah. But, I mean... All bench guys have a lot of these problems. Like, I'm describing the Celtics, and I'm sure to a degree Miami's bench does also. Um, I mean, I know they do, because, like, I watch Kelly Olenek for years <laughs> and Myers Leonard. Um, but I, who can limit those mistakes, and then who whose guards slash wings can make enough plays? It's, it's going to be a super close series. I don't care how many games it goes. Every game, to me, is going to be, like, a 10-point or less game. In my mind, that's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those 
I think, throwback to the mid-2000s series. Like, with more modern offenses, yeah. but, like, these teams are going to beat each other up. Like, oh, yeah. at 100%. They don't like each other, yeah. and they're just going to get in each other's jerseys yeah. for seven games. Yeah. Uh, what? How many games? I have it in six. But anyways, that's the pre- that's our preview. I like the Celtics in six. What do you think? I said, so, pardon me, like, I have to pick Celtics. And I, even if I wasn't a fan, I think I would, because I value the shot creation. Yeah. So I, but I said Celtics in seven. I've seen Miami shoot the ball so well all year. I think some of it comes back to the median or mean for Miami. Yeah. Um, I think Jake Crowder. He can't go six for eight every single game from right. three. I, at least you don't think. Um, <laughs> I have no <laughs> thoughts on how to stop him right now. Um, but, I I mean, like Jimmy Butler went for 40 in one of the games. Jimmy Butler shooting threes. Yeah, but he didn't really, like, score all that much in other games. And, like, I think the Celtics are so dangerous offensively that he's going to have to score. And I think that's when Miami kind of gets stuck a little bit in this series. It's going to be interesting to see if Gordon Hayward comes back at all. um, Because he's been out for about four weeks. And I feel like it's about As long as we don't force him back into the starting lineup. (laughs) You've seen that before. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. read that book (laughs) um i think tatum is still the best player in the series like it's tatum or butler and my preference is tatum uh his passing has been the best it's been in his career 100 percent. and like i don't know it's not getting worse (laughs) so like um it just depends on can kimba keep it going because kimba's been incredible also, kudos to Kimba for making it to the Eastern he, Conference Finals. Yeah. Kimba either scores five or he scores thirty, and a lot of games he scored thirty. But there have been a couple times where I think it's just he's like, going to be able to hunt Goran Dragic yeah. down. Dragic is like smart enough now as a defender not to get burned a ton. He but, doesn't have the step. Though. But if Kimba clears out, it doesn't run pick and roll. I I really think running pick and roll with Kimba is not going to work this series because Bam is too good um, at keeping guys in front of him yeah. and recovering um even if he does get beat but if he can get just isoed out there for you know a couple possessions every quarter against goron or against honestly even duncan robinson tyler hero um that could be a you know two easy buckets a quarter for kimba yeah and all of a sudden there's 16 points plus you know the other random eight points you get in a game just for being Kimba Walker, and all of a sudden you're out, yeah, all of a sudden now you're like 24, and he, if Kimba's giving us 24 a game, then I feel really good about it. Um, the Celtics' chances, and it wouldn't go seven at that point. To me, watching Game Seven against Toronto gives me a lot of faith that Jason Tatum can be the best player in the series. Man. If if they would have won Game Seven, but Tatum wouldn't have been what he was. I, I would pretty definitively say Butler's the best player in the series. Um, Tatum, very clearly the number two best player in the series, but Butler as a clear one. But him playing the way he played and getting teammates involved, you mentioned the playmaking, and just making, I mean, whatever shot um, he got to. If the defense cut him off for a long two, bucket. Left him open for three, bucket. Put a decent hand in his face from three. Still with a bucket. Um, <laughs> if if he can just finish inside, Jason Tatum can go for thirty a night. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I, I mean that's the gonna be the spot with his um, 
spot with the rest of the series is like is Tatum hitting like thirty points a night roughly, or is he hitting closer to like twenty? Yeah, and that's gonna be the difference. I'm curious who they're gonna put on him. I imagine who, you start with Butler. I you really think. just put that on Butler like from the jump. That's the thing is like maybe you start Jay Crowder then. Like Jay, so, like Jay Crowder is obviously a good defender, and like I watched him in Boston, he is a good defender. Jay Crowder is not like a great on-ball defender. Yeah, yeah. He, like he's a good on-ball defender, good and defender. he's good at taking. You know, if if you try and put a shoulder into his chest, he's a good defender. But whenever it's just like skill guys on the perimeter that are equally or better sized than him, Jay Crowder, like you can make him look at times how like people like realize like robert covington's not a great on ball defender mm. you can kind of expose expose that part of yeah. jay crowder on defense and three four or five years ago jay crowder could do it but he's five years older now and it just doesn't work out quite the same but i i feel like you start with crowder and then late in games and big moments then you go to butler on him yeah i mean i wonder how, how much they're confident in bam's ability guard tatum yeah like on switches and stuff on switches and i think you got to be pretty confident but if bam has to give him a step if tatum starts knocking down threes then you get into a world of just there's i don't i don't know what you do to tatum then because mid-range he loves mid-range more than anything if anything you need guards who will come off the pick and roll and chase him on his hip and force him into your help defender like that's why at times, Milwaukee looked great guarding Tatum this year. It's because they would just have Bledsoe or DiVincenzo just chase him around the screen mm-hmm. and just drop Brooke Lopez and say, like, if you're going to try and get to the basket, then we're just going to have a seven-footer here waiting for you, and you can't take a pull-up shot because there's a guard just standing on your hip. It forces you down low, but then there's someone ultimately there. And Miami, if they try and switch Bam onto him, I think tatum can get space on bam into a into a jump shot it's just i think it'll go in enough because it has been lately but i mean i guess it just depends on what you're willing to live with if you're miami yeah i think if bam gets switched out they rescreen it and get probably maybe like a duncan robinson or something like that boston if they'll go to it enough they don't love to go to it a ton but guard for guard screening whoever Mm -hmm. Like, if someone's, you know, if the Duncan Robinsons or whatever guarding Jalen Brown, like, they just have to realize, like, come get me, Jalen, so I can get that switch. And if they don't switch, then I'm going to get the step on my defender. Yeah. Boston's been one of the better teams also defending Duncan Robinson this year. Um, I think... I think one time he went for, like, 26 and we couldn't stop him, but... There's been other times where he hasn't gotten very many shots up because they've essentially... Like they they know and actually played the scouting report. <laughs> like they pay like they, well, you they even need a scouting report. You'd be like, he's white, he's shooting threes. Well, like, come they, on. Like I mean, they obviously jump out at off the screens and like that two man game, him and Bam run, which is another fun two man game to watch. Um, I think the series is fascinating. I think you're 100 percent right. It's gonna be a it's make or miss league, but it's gonna be like a five point game. And it's whoever yeah. hit, is hitting shots. Yeah. Um, if you're a gambler, do not do not get involved in this away. series. Stay away. There is no There's going to be some bad beats in this oh, series. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is going to be fun. I mean, I think either team 
uh, presents an interesting matchup for the Western Conference champion, which I think is going to be, um, I guess we can talk about that now. It's the Lakers and Clippers or Nuggets, um, and I kind of alluded it to earlier, but I mean, I think the Nuggets present a better matchup for the Lakers at this point than the Clippers do, although like you have two amazing defenders who can defend LeBron. No one who can apparently defend Anthony Davis underneath. Uh, if you're the Clippers, um, I don't know. What What do you think? What are your thoughts on that potential potential series? I don't. I mean, it's kind of hard to predict at this point. So, I mean, same token. Who's guarding Kawhi and Paul George? If the Clippers were to advance, yeah. Um, at this point, though, like I know LeBron usually doesn't get matched up on the tougher assignments, and I wouldn't match him on. Um, Kawhi, but at this point, I I mean, you could put him on Paul George. Yeah, I mean, usually you hide him on like Landry Shamit or, or something, something or like yeah. Pat Bev, right? Yeah, I'm kind of to the point of like just put him on um, Paul George, and then you can put I don't know. That's the problem is who do you put on Kawhi for LA? They like they have a that problem yeah. too because like. I, Caldwell Pope, that barbecue chicken. Uh, Caruso, that's not Danny a Green, thing. I guess, is your best chance. In, in theory, in Danny theory. Green. But um, in actuality, is it Danny Green? I don't... I mean, if he's hitting threes on the other end, then you can probably live with the trade-off. Um, so that, that will be tough. Anthony Davis is kind of the swing guy for me. If he realizes there's absolutely no one on that team that can guard him, then... And we talked about it going into Houston, and I know we looked dumb because we both picked Houston after when we made the prediction. We'd only seen Game One, um, but Houston, like they, they did not attack the Lakers how we thought they would attack the Lakers. Then, and part of that's credit to the Lakers. They made and, a shift. They yeah. stopped playing Javale and Dwight, which yeah. we've been calling for, yeah. for I don't know a year. Yeah, um, and then th- they just could never really make the guard play. Expose, expose for the Lakers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, and and again, Anthony Davis and LeBron realize there's no one on that team that could guard either of them, right? Um, can either can anyone for the Clippers guard any of them? I mean, yeah, but Anthony Davis has provided such a matchup problem for every team, but especially for the Clippers if he's playing the five, like you, if you are worried about, you know, again, we're assuming the Clippers advance in this scenario we're talking about. You thought Jokic was a problem for Montrezl Harrell? I mean, Get watch ready. Anthony Davis. Yeah. And it's just, that could be a train wreck um, for the yeah. Clippers. Yeah. So, I, th- and at this point, watching how the Lakers defended Harden and Westbrook, I feel pretty good about them defending any guard that the Clippers will throw out there. And in now the Nuggets... I'd feel pretty good about them defending Murray at this point. Yeah. In a combination of guys. That's going to be the one, I think, that could swing the series in the Nuggets' yeah. way. Like, if the Nuggets were to win, like, that's the series. That's the that's the player who does it. Yeah. Um, part of what I think, the, why the Lakers would still contain Murray decently well is the guards, like, they'll, they'll chase Murray and... Even though Murray like loves getting into the lane, LeBron and Anthony Davis's best assets as defenders is kind of being that weak side, just like 
mm. come into yeah. the play and either block your shot or just you you think you see an angle that you can go down and then all of a sudden you are met by two of the most freakish guys in the NBA and you panic right <laughs> you you just throw junk up or you try and make a pass, pass and pass out of it and the guards again are good at getting their hands in the passing lanes and it's usually there's only one guy at a time out there for LA you can try and go after defensively and it's either Kuzma or if you get like a JaVale or someone out there um because even Rondo we did not know Rondo was going to be a thing that's in the another playoffs. question about this Lakers team is that Rondo thing like a one series thing or is that going to be because th- like if he kind of emerges as like their third then or third or fourth option like then they could very easily win the championship yeah. so yeah rondo being able to semi hit catch and shoot threes is a huge revelation rondo like being good defensively again which <laughs> yeah he really hasn't been in four years <laughs> yeah um, since mavericks days maybe so that's where it's kind of like playoff rondo has always been a thing but it's it's back in a way that really has not been there in a long time um that again that gets into the whole if you're gonna help off those guys to double lebron or double anthony davis because you have to because i mean Kawhi can maybe take one of them out of game for periods of time but not both if those guys can just hit catch and shoot threes then mm. it's it's Lakers. So I'm kind of to the point of just knowing the Lakers' defense is truly elite. And in the Houston series, they they realize, like you said, the Anthony Davis thing at the five. Danny Green hit shots again. Rondo hit shots. Finally, yeah, yeah. Um, Russo did enough. Um, yeah, KCP was like playable. Yeah, I think I'm just going Lakers in five, no matter who they play. Whew. Yeah, I got Lakers in six. Like, they just have LeBron's the best player, yeah. like, in the series. Like, as, straight up. As and long it. as Jokic doesn't get Anthony Davis in foul trouble consistently, and then as long as someone can put their. can get in Paul George's head. Like, <laughs> I just. I don't see it for either, either of those teams. Yeah. yeah. It feels like the Lakers are, as they continue on. They just kind of find ways to win. Mm-hmm. They look and, like a championship team that just finds ways. Yeah, and even though their like parts aren't as great as the sum, like it feels like they are the championship yeah. contender that they are, and that we've kind of been saying that they're not. At least I've been and, saying that. No, and like it's a fair point. Like again, their guard play on paper and in the regular season has been dreadful and they're like half court i mean like what the raptors struggle with the half court offense is abysmal because of that yeah but at the end of the day you have lebron james and anthony davis so (laughs) if you're playing in the half court and in playoff time you know what at least they have those guys yeah and maybe that's it that's just it comes down to this the star league they have two of the best some of the best yeah one of them is the best (laughs) yeah um which i think is ultimately what it comes down to i i think the Clippers don't really present as much of a challenge as we thought they would. And the Nuggets, I think, can make it a nice, fun series. Spirited challenge, but nothing more. Yeah. I could see every Clippers game being decided like in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. I could see it. I just... 
I at this point outside of Kawhi, I don't trust anyone on the Clippers yeah. to score like I, when it matters. I think that's where I land with it is like when Kawhi kicks it out to a Marcus Morris. I know he's got he's got the confidence to shoot it, but have like under five minutes, like take it. Yeah, take it. Like if you're kicking out to Paul George, that may be different, but Patrick Beverly. Take it. Yeah. Like anybody else, Jermichael Green, take it. Like, fine. We'll live with that shot. And, like, we're just going to bet that we can defend everything else better and then go down and score. Yeah. I mean, again, if, especially LeBron hitting jump shots in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, he's he's hitting. He's, he's locked into a different level. And, of course, rest is always good for older players. I, I do hope that the extended rest they've got because they're waiting on the Clippers or the Nuggets, I guess. But to finish off the other um, hurts him a little bit. Yeah. But part of me is like, I'm not doubting LeBron James. Yeah, 100%. Re- again, read that book too many times <laughs> to know it how that ending goes. Yeah, this feels like a like the best version of a Cleveland Cavalier team that never made it to the finals. Yeah. Like... like I know they had the Kyrie shot and everything that one time, but like, this is a, this is what I think LeBron always wanted like a team to be. This is like the type of basketball LeBron grew up watching, and they always yeah. thought they could do in Cleveland, and the Kyrie thing worked out for a championship, but this is stylistically how LeBron has always wanted, just Top this defensive like, just pounded at you. Yeah. yeah, we're just gonna grind you down to yeah. nothing, and, and then, then watch me hit the big shot. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I think that's it. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting to see these conference finals kick off mm-hmm. this week. We're recording this on op- uh, NFL's opening weekend, which is also weird to watch with no fans. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening to episode 79. We'll be back for episode 80. Matt, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Shout out Cam Newton. Yeah, the Patriots getting on the board. Yeah. 1-0, Tom Brady. Yeah. I know. Why didn't, we, why didn't we do these running plays when Brady was here? Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm not... Just side note here. That's the one thing I'm not looking forward to this week is, oh, Tom Brady left New England. They made the smart move. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not... Yeah. I, I would put money on that. Oh, like, it's Colin definitely Cow- it. Colin, Colin Coward's going to come out with that take tomorrow. Don't... I, Skip if, we're, if we're on the doubt, don't drop... Don't doubt... Uh, LeBron, don't do that with Tom Brady. Tom Brady either, please. Yeah, let's just not start this now. Don't drop him from your fantasy team. Don't do any of that dumb stuff. <laughs> don't do any of that. Anyways, uh, we'll see you back in episode eighty. Um, hope you have a great week. Yeah.